the Lord. Pastor Ryan, take me up on this little microphone as much as you can. Um, if you can, fill me in on these side speakers. So everybody hear me okay? If not, I'll move to the other. A little bit low, a little bit low. Can you give me any more on this? How's that? How's that? I want you to take your Bibles with me and go to Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter. Do what? Move it into my mouth more. How about there? Better? Better? Worse? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Kind of in a well. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Is this better? All right. Let's go with this. Okay. We'll keep working on it. We'll keep working on it. Otherwise, I'm going to go to work for Verizon. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Let's look here in Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter. Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter. I spoke to you on Wednesday. I was out mowing my yard about a week ago. I sound a little Scottish, didn't I? My yard, my garden. <clears throat> I was out mowing my yard the other day. It's one of those moments Andrew even alluded to in, in live class when you're, you're, you've got your nothing box open. You don't even think about anything. The Lord just speaks to you. And the Lord just doesn't give us any private interpretation of his word. He shares things that we can share with others. Uh, he ministers to us so that we can allow that ministry to flow not just to us but through us. But he said these, this word to me. He said there are too much uninhabited inheritance. Too much uninhabited inheritance. So we're going to start a, a series of study if the Lord allows, if he continues to lead this way. And I want to talk to you about inhabiting inheritance. Children of God, you are children of covenant. And I love the teaching that is going forth in life class that all that we see is not all that there is. There's so much more beyond the scope of the sensory uh, perception. We call it faith in the Lord God, and God has things in store for us. And the word of the Lord declares to us that the things that we see are temporal. You can see it, taste it, touch it, feel it. It's temporal. But there is an eternal, uh, the eternal existence. If you cannot see it, it is eternal. But I want you to look here in Deuteronomy 7. I'm going to talk about and begin to a, a series of study about inhabiting inheritance. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you will guide me in my steps today, that the word, Father, may be received. I thank you, Lord, for saturating the soul this morning, the soul of our heart with the presence of your spirit. And, Lord, I just believe you have so much in store for us. We don't want to miss it. Lord, we want to en enjoy, Father God, what you have paid for and passed on to us. I want you to look here in Deuteronomy 7. I'm going to read out of the modern English version. I like this translation in this passage. Now, this is Moses giving instruction to the children of Israel. They're getting ready to step out of the wilderness into the land of promise. Let me say this, God didn't bring you out to leave you out. He brought you out to bring you in. He brought you out of bondage to not just to leave you in the wilderness to die away, but bring you into a place of inheritance. Some of us get bogged down in the wilderness and we stay there. God didn't want us in the wilderness for the rest of our life. It's a journey through to a journey to. God wants you to living in the fullness of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Deuteronomy 7 verse 1 says, When the Lord your God brings you, into the land, notice who's guiding us, brings you into the land which you are entering to possess. And has driven out many nations before you. 
the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Pesherites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. But when the Lord your God delivers them before you, you and you strike them down, then you must utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant, hear this, no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. Now I want you to skip down to verse 5. But this is how you shall deal with them. This is how you're going to deal with them. You shall destroy their altars, break down their images, cut down their ashram, burn their graven images with fire. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a special people, treasured above all people, who are on the face of the earth. Mm. Now I want you to hear this as we look to the word of God. What we see is that there needs to be a revelation of the inheritance that God has given us. A revelation of the inheritance God has given us. Now the Bible tells us in Ephesians, the first chapter, the third verse, he declares unto us, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing he has given to us through Jesus Christ. This is a prayer, and I would encourage you to pray as a church. You drop on down in Ephesians 1, beginning in verse 17. This is a daily prayer over my family, over my wife, over my life, over our church. Is that the God and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling, what is the riches of his glory, inheritance in the saints. There is an inheritance church that we're not occupying, that the Holy Spirit is leading us into the glory of God abiding with you, not just on Sunday, but on Monday, on Tuesday, Wednesday, every day of the week. The glory of God is you have been made and designed, and it is the desire of the Lord that you house his glory and discover the inheritance that he has in store for you. Now, in order for us to possess the promises of God, repeatedly in the Word, he tells us over and over again, you've got to go in to and dispossess the inhabitants. You've got to drive them out. I've given you the authority. I've given you the power. I've given you the provision. Yes, I have done everything at Calvary. I've done everything for you, but I'm going to repay the enemy to their face because I'm going to allow you to walk as not only an heir, but a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So whatever Jesus has afforded to you belongs to you. He paid the price for it. Now you need to drive out those inhabitants so that you can possess what I have purchased for you. So we've got some work to do. We're not going to get into it today, but let me tell you, in order for me to walk in acceptance, I've got to drive out rejection. 
thought that hit a little harder home than what it in order for me to walk in acceptance I've got to accept acceptance but I've got to reject rejection and there's too many in the house of God today in this hour listening to the to my voice this morning uh, that are walking in a spirit of rejection uh, when the Lord is saying to you I have accepted you but you got to drive out that rejection We're going to get a little deeper, but today I want to talk about something very specific, very specific. Say that seven times fast, specific, specific, specific. This enemy, the Hittite, the Hittite, I believe it is a devastating enemy that is robbing the church of the Lord Jesus Christ of too much victory. Because the church is not walking in the place that, of an understanding of the revelation of the inheritance given to us. That enemy, the Hittite, that name means terror. Terror. Textbook definition of terror is extreme fear. An overmastering fear. You don't have to turn the news on for about a half a second, and what you begin to hear is 10 ways to die. You can listen for an hour, and you'll get a whole download of all the devastation and despair, and the problem is, is they never give you any answers. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't be a, uh, that you should live unaware of what's going on in the world, uh, but you need to be more aware of who is for you and who is in you and what he's done with you and what he is doing through you right now. So as we look here, now the, the root meaning of that word terror in the, in the Hebrew, it means, uh, the Hittite, it means to deplete of strength. Anybody feel depleted of strength? Depleted of courage. Depleted of willpower. And any essential support that would go along to bring you any kind of resurrection in your life. That word terror there, the Hittite, it is a debilitating, paralyzing fear. And the Lord said, I have given you the authority and the strength to drive that thing out. To drive it out. Now, we see the first indication of the source. Where did fear come from? We find fear in the garden. As soon as man disobeyed the known will of God, what happened? Sin entered in, and the, and the result of sin was fear. And you can know right now, you may be sitting there right now and say, oh, no, 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 preacher, you're talking to somebody else. I got it all together. Uh, can't you see me? Look how pretty I am. I, I, got the all, I got this thing figured out. I've had people tell me at the back door of the church, not this church, the land far far away in states unknown thank you thank you covering my tracks racing everything around me 
I had a young man sitting at the back of the door, and uh, he was actually having a conversation with my wife, and he was preparing to get married. And she said to him, are you a little nervous? Are you scared? He said, oh, no, no. I don't do fear. I walked by and I was thinking, la dee da you're not even on the planet Earth, are you? Because we all find ourselves in that place. But when you come to realize that there is a fear, you may be denying the fact that you have fear in your life, but let me tell you, the, the first occurrence and the first response to fear and the manifestation of fear once fear was called out, once the sin was called out, what immediately began to happen? Insecurity arose. And in this insecurity, we began what we call the blame game. And so we started pointing the finger. Lord, it's this woman you gave me. Husbands, hold your tongue. This is the woman you gave me. Calls me. And so the Lord, immediately the woman says, oh, no, no, no. It was the snake that did this, the serpent that did this to me. See, when you're living in insecurity, you're accusing everyone around you for the reason why you cannot have victory. It's everybody else's fault. It's my, it's my spouse's fault. It's my church's fault. It's my preacher's fault. It's my, it's my workplace. It's my boss. It's my co-workers. And you start pointing the finger. What is that? It's called fear. Insecurity. It's manifesting itself. You're pointing out when you should be looking in. And the Lord said, you're going to drive them out because I've already taken care of it. It's already done. But you need to walk in the inheritance that I've given you to drive out that fear. I'm going to edit a little bit here because I believe the Lord wants us to come back to this some of these other thoughts next week, but I want, to, I want to know how to deal with this fear, don't you? I want to know how to deal with this fear. This is how the Lord said, I want you to deal with the fear. Look there in verse 5. But this is how you shall deal with them. How do I deal with them, Lord? I want you to destroy their altars. See, all of these... All of these foreign gods had foreign images, and in these foreign images, they had an, an altar. What do you do at an altar? You make sacrifice to it. All of us have the availability of three things that we sacrifice. It is our time, it is our talent, and it is our treasure. Everything that we have to sacrifice can be found in those three categories. And the Lord is saying to someone today, this is how you deal with it. I want you to tear down and stop spending so much time wallowing around in fear. Ding, dang, we're going to have to get a little deeper, deeper this morning. All right, get ready, Sanders. You're going to charge the line. I want you to run through them and get to the other side. Whoa. That's so fast I made it to the back and back to the front before you can see. You want me to do it again? Man, that was, I'm telling you, we're going to punch through. How much time do you and I spend 
sacrificing at the altar of fear. How many conversations have you had in your mind about how mistreated you have been? How much time do we spend constantly rehearsing all of the things that we can't do because we're being hindered by the people that are around us? Is this getting anywhere? The Lord said your first step is to tear down that altar and stop sacrificing your time to it. Because in the fruits of the Spirit, God has given us love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, come on, faith. But he's given us one that we don't talk about a lot. Self-control. If you're a child of God, guess what you have been afforded? You have been afforded self-control. I had to do it. It was rage that rose up in me. I've got this temper. Oh, no, you don't. I get this craving deep down inside. I just had to. I, could, I can res resist anything but temptation. Let me tell you why you drank is because you wanted to. Let me tell you why you snorted, because you wanted to. Let me tell you why you crawled in that bed, is because you wanted to. Let me tell you why you live that way, is because you want to. Let's be honest. Let's start tearing down these altars and say, I'm not spending any more time. I've got self-control. That pornography on that computer is not in control of you, child of God. You are controlling it. It does not have a hold of you. You are holding on to it. You're doing, if you're a child of God, you're doing what you want to do. Let's be honest. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You're doing what you are choosing to do if you declare that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have self-control. You don't have to continue to live in an accusatory manner following after the father of lies, which is the devil, the accuser of the brethren. See, because fear is devastating. I feel a great need to pet you this morning, but I can't. Because I believe it's a day and an hour that you're stepping into where you need to know you have the authority through the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And stop making excuses for what you're doing based on the fact that you ultimately want to do it. And if you're living outside of the covenant grace of God, let me tell you, you are fodder for the enemy. He's devouring everything that's in your life. But when you step into the covenant relationship with Jesus Christ, he has given you the authority to bring every thought into captivity. He's given you, I remember the, one of the greatest inheritance that I received was the peace of God. I would lay awake as a sinner and I could not sleep for anything. When I became a child of God, I recognized after a week or two, my Lord, I'm a-sleeping. 
I can lay my head on the pillow and go to sleep. I don't have to worry about all of the guilt and the shame and the pain that, that rolls over my mind. It doesn't mean that you may not fall into areas and traps of the enemy. But what you do need to know is this. If you find yourself in that panic-stricken state, understand the Lord declares you, you do not fear. Do not fear because I'm with you. Do not be dismayed. Do not anxiously look about, for I am your God. He said, I'll help you. I'll not only help you, I'll strengthen you. I'll not only strengthen you, I will give to you my righteous right hand because you are with me. Stop sacrificing your time. I know full well the devastation and the pain of childhood experiences that fosters and pushes in to your thought life, the deep recesses of your conscience, the things that were told to you, the things that were done to you, and the things that, that were there to shape you into something other than what God had called you to be. And we have the choice as children of God to listen to those voices. Or we have the choice to drive them out by the word of God. Why do you believe the enemy would love to keep you biblically illiterate? Keep you out of the word of God. Keep you from the from the, the pages of this inspired book so that he can keep you away from the promises. Because if you'll start flooding your mind with the promises of God, you'll push out all of the negatives that are in there. But see, this altar is where we're starting with. You've got to stop. I have to stop spending time at that altar. Sacrificing my time to terror and fear. How many persons in this house are withheld treasure because of fear? Withheld treasure because of fear. The preacher's going to get up. That'd be me. At the end of this service, we're going to take an offering. I'm going to encourage you to give the first of your increase into the house of God. Now, if you're not accustomed to that and you're not walking by faith because it is a faith walk, first thing that's going to come in is fear. I can't get, I don't, I've been there, I know exactly what you're feeling. They don't need my money? No. But you need God's blessing. I just, it's the thought that counts. I meant to, Lord. I didn't understand it myself. I'm pastoring my first church. Never thought any, heard any teaching upon the tithe. And I just said, Lord, I, I just keep getting, Lord, I, I, I've got this, I've got money, and I, I just get to the end of the month, and I just don't have it enough. Or it's just not enough. I don't know what to do, Lord. I, I really just don't know what to do. Lord, I'm giving you my tithe. I'm giving you the 10%. I'm giving it to you. And the Lord said, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. I'm giving you 10%. He said, that's not the tithe. He said, the tithe is the first. I gave you my first, now you give me your first, and what's going to happen is the blessing is going to be released in your life. 
So I said, all right, if we have to starve, turn in the cell phones, cut the phone off and the electricity and everything else, I don't care. We didn't have cell phones. That was way, way, way back there. We had the walkie-talkies. We didn't even have that. We just had the cans with the strings. I'm on my way home for lunch. So I was sitting in my office, and I reprioritized all of my finances, and I said, okay, Lord, this is the deal. From this day forward, I'm going to give you the first of whatever comes in, all increase, not the net, the gross. And, Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it as an act of faith, and, and I released that. And when I released that, God changed everything. He changed the whole landscape. He changed. Now, what was, what was holding me back from treasure was fear. What's holding us back in this day from the treasure and the riches of this world? And I'm not talking about monetary goods. I'm talking about sowing good seeds of faith with smiles and talents and abilities to reap a reward that God has in store. I want this poverty spirit to be broken off of the church because we have an inheritance. How many talents, if you sit on your hands this morning, I will understand. How many talents today are trapped, bound? Yes, Lord. Not bound, but tightly gripped fear. not being exercised in the body of Christ. When public speaking is your greatest phobic fear, it's easy to shrink back in the shadows. God, I can't preach. I can't even read. I'm talking about me. Look, I... I, I I can't string two sentences together without fumbling over them. I can't stand up there and do any of this. So fear was trying to hold me, and I kept sacrificing at that altar of fear. I just kept on and on and on, sacrificing, sacrificing, sacrificing. I'm a B-type, Lord. I'm actually a B-minus, A-minus something, who knows. I'm what God says I am. He said, I called you to preach. But Lord, you, you He said, if you're going to preach, you've got to tear down that altar. Because that fear is holding you back. It's holding your talent back. Only to discover it's not about me. And not what I'm able to do. If anything good comes out of anything I say, it's because what God has given me already. It's what God is speaking to you, not just, not, he, he's speaking it through me to you. But there are, I, I could throw a rock and skip it over a half a dozen people, and each, 
each section here, and if my arm and shoulder wouldn't go out, I'd throw it into the balcony. But there are those that are sitting today, and you have talents for the kingdom of God. You have callings upon your life, but fear has so gripped you and told you you can't do it. You'll never do it. Stay where you're at. Let somebody else more capable. Let somebody else more talented. Let somebody else more educated. You've got to be able to quote the Bible like Dean Caldwell before you get up and preach. Let me tell you, that's not true. You get up and say what God tells you to say, and that's where the anointing will begin to flow. But we are sacrificing at that altar. Mm. Are you getting anything out of this? What we're doing is we are dispelling the myths of the enemy. What we're doing is we're pulling the covers off of him. Now, I want you to look at this. Deal with them. This is how you will deal with them. Destroy the altars. I love this. Break down the images. Break down the images. I'm afraid I'm going to break that microphone if I keep doing this. trying to, but my pockets just don't match. Just visit among yourself. I'll be right back. Okay. Break down their images. Hmm. This is tough. This is tough. See, because it's an abused child, physically, emotionally, sexually, I would shudder in fear in my room, wondering if he was coming in today. I would sit in my room and I would shake in terror. Is he coming in today? I can't take the shame. I've got nobody to share this with. I'm gripped with the agony of what is about to happen. Why can't he leave me alone? kind of trauma affects you, causes you to see yourself in a way that is not what God has intended or made you to be. But here is the truth, folks. The devil is not omniscient. He's not all-knowing, but he has a, an idea that God has something for you, all of you. And he starts at a very early age to distort images inside of you, to cause you to believe things about yourself that's not true, but causing you to believe things about God that are not true. Son, I want you to tear down that altar and stop sacrificing your time, your talent, and your treasure. And then I want you to tear down the images of what you think I am and who you think you are in me. And we're going to break them all the way down. And terror is not going to have any more control in your life. You are no longer that scared little boy shuddering in his room without any defense. Because now I am your defense. Now what I see is this, that abuse was a witness. Of what God wanted to do through me. I'm not telling you it was the will of God. 
don't misunderstand, was not the will of God. But it was a witness. Because the enemy fights you in areas that God has called you. I'm not the scared little boy that I was. I'm the scared grown man that I am. No, I'm just kidding. What I just said is more real to people in here that you don't hear from the pulpit because we are taught and trained by our own perception of who God is. We got to keep it all buttoned up. We got to keep it all out here. Yes. Mike Sanders, man of God, Holy Spirit field. I have the word written in my heart. I am more than a conqueror. Look at me. My two-year-old grandbaby was sitting in my lap yesterday, and she's, she's like, oh, Pops, look at your beard. She pointed at my forehead, and she said, what is that? I said, that's my wrinkle. She said, I don't have wrinkles. <laughs> don't, don't be jealous. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Could you be brave enough to believe that maybe you're not a mistake? Could you be brave enough to believe that maybe all the evil and bad that the enemy has done in your life and the hurt and the pain and the shame could be used for purpose? That your weakness can actually become a weapon in the hand of God? That you can take all of Saul's armor off and you can just be you. You can be a child running after his father and loving him for who he is and thanking him for making you the way that he wanted you to be. Could, could we not just take all of our insecurity and say, oh, this is not my enemy. Oh, no, this is my friend. Because this insecurity is the thing God has given me, and now I'm not, I'm not going to waller around in it. I'm going to walk, and I'm going to give it to God, and I'm going to say, Lord, could you use this? I don't have a lot here in my tool chest. I can't read. I can't speak. I can't, I'm not a public speaker, but Lord, I just wonder, could you take this weakness right here? Could you use this, Lord? Could you just use all of the hurt that I've been through? Could you just take it in your hand? And the Lord said, oh, yeah, I'll take it. I'm not only take it, I will stomp the devil out with it because I repay those who hate me to their face. I had this conversation this week and I'm going to start to draw to a close. When I find myself in fear, it's like I'm standing outside of the house in a hailstorm. And the hell is beating me down. That's one way to live. The other way to live is this. To take the key of faith, unlock the door to the house of the Lord, and step in under the shelter of God. Where he wants me to be. 
you can continue to live in fear, do it your way, cover up and hide and, and put your armor on and continue to this vicious, endless, repetitive, self-destructing cycle that's been going on and on and on. And you will power yourself into a place of now I'm going to do it this time. Now I'm going to get it done this time. Or you can come to the place and decide, hey, I'm surrendering. I can't do it. I never could. I think I'll just go on into the house. I think I'll just sit on the couch. I think I'll just visit with my father now. I, I, I'll just begin to talk to the Lord and say, God, what do you want out of me? How do you want to accomplish? Lord, wherever you put me, I'm going to stay. Wherever you plant me, Lord God, I'm going to grow. Lord, I'm going to take my abilities and I'm going to give them some responsibility because I want to discover what is the possibility of what you might do in me. Oh, Lord, you can use a, a talking jackass. Surely you can use me. Lord God, if you can use, Lord God, the weak, then, Lord, I'm a candidate, Lord God, for what you want to do. Oh, I probably should save a little bit of this, but while I've got you here, stop sacrificing to the altar of fear. Stop looking at myself through the lens of fear. Let the fire of God, notice what he did. He said, burn their graven images with fire. <sighs> Let the fire of God refine his image in me. Let the fire of God refine his image in me. Lord, I'm just not going to bow anymore to the image of Nebuchadnezzar. If you ain't going to bow, boys, you got to go in the fire. You're God. I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to let you keep carrying this image of this, this little scared little boy. And I'm very empathetic of those scared little boys and girls that have been going through those situations that I just discussed. I'm to, I, I feel what you feel. I know what you know. I've been where you've been. But let me tell you, when you step into the kingdom of God and you are now in relationship with the Heavenly Father, he said, that's not you anymore. You've got the ability and the power to stand up to it and say, I'm not going to bow. You can take me out, but I'm not going to look like that. That's not the life I've been called to live. That's not the life I'm called to pass on. This is not the life. I want my children, my children's children's children, every generation to follow to bear the image of God, not the image of me. I want them to walk and talk and have the relationship with God. And I'm not wasting any more time in that altar of the enemy and the altar of terror. You've done your bid, and I'm still standing, and I'm not going to sit down because I'm armed with God. Go ahead and put me in the midst of the furnace. And what do you find when you get in the midst of the furnace and you face that trial that you didn't think you could face? And sure, sudden death is surely on your, your dance card. And all of a sudden, you discover you're dancing in the fire because you're not bound by the things that brought you in there you come out you don't even smell like smoke but the greatest thing is is God meets you in the furnace and he burns away all of those things that are holding you bound and when you walk out now all of a sudden you bore you now bear the image of the one who is in the fire with you and now anybody that speaks against the God of Shadrach Meshach and Abednego they will be put to death that day is now, that day is here when God is calling you out of that furnace. Let the fire of God refine us. I want you to notice this in this passage. 
you are a holy, verse 6, you are a holy people. You are a chosen person. You are treasured. You're loved. You're holy. Separated from and set apart to God. You're chosen. You have been chosen. You didn't choose him. He chose you. He chose you. He looked out in the crowd and he said, who can I send into that school? Who can I send into that workplace? Who can I send into that family? Who can I send to the White House and the courthouse? Who can I send down the street? Who can I send into the area? I'll choose that one. I'll choose that one. They are treasured. Would it be a sad thing to live our whole life not knowing that we're treasured? Oh, no, not me. Not me. Not me. Insecurity, church, is not the new humility. It is pride in the negative direction. It is pride saying that what Jesus did and his sacrifice and all that he bore on the cross was not enough to bring me out of my fear. You are loved. You are treasured. You are chosen. And you are holy. But you got to be brave enough to believe it. You got to drive out that terror and say, I'm, I'm going to let the Lord define who I am. I'm holy. I'm chosen. I'm treasured. And I'm loved. Stand, if you will. Father, we come before you today. And I pray, Father, for revelation, knowledge, and understanding, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you would implant, imprint your image, Lord God, on our heart even deeper, Lord, by the revelation that you have in store for us. Oh, Father, I feel in this house today there, there are those in this place right now that, Lord, they have been sucked into a trap, Lord God, of the enemy and told, Father God, over and over and over again. And, Lord, you have bringing them, Lord God, to a place of freedom and rest and hope, Father, today. They are not what has been declared over them. But they are free. They are free. If you're in this house today and you have lived long enough to know, or maybe you're just starting your journey in life, but you're like, I don't want to live out my life being less than what God has called me to be. If you're in this house today and you just say, Lord, I'm, I'm not going to sacrifice at that altar anymore. No more time, no more talent, no more treasure. Am I going to give to this terror, this debilitating, depleting, courage-destroying terror? And I am no longer, Lord God, going to live by my own strength, but I'm going to let the image of God be formed in me by what you say about me. I want to be brave enough to believe. If that's you today, come on, come on, come on. Just find a place to kneel and pray. Find a place to kneel and pray and say, God, I surrender, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender today. Lord, no more. I, if you need freedom, let's put it this way. You need to be free from terror of the enemy. You're tired of this terrorist invading your mind 
then right now, God is calling you out to bring you freedom. Come on. Come on. Come on. Worship team, come help me. Worship team, come help me. I'm not going to live with this terrorist in my heart anymore. I'm not going to live in this state anymore. God has set me free. I will walk in that freedom because he and what I can't do, God will show me. He'll help me. He'll enable me. He'll strengthen me. Come on, church. Begin to pray. Begin to call out to God. There are more that are in this house. I'm going to give you a few minutes more. Come on. Come on. Just come and find a place to kneel and pray. You've given him enough time. It's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. Come on, Father, let the glory of the Lord, let the glory of the Lord begin to infiltrate our hearts and our minds and our spirits, oh God. Oh, Lord Jesus, we love you and we need you, Lord God. Oh, Father, we see, oh, Lord God, a holy people, a chosen generation, Lord, a royal priesthood, Lord God. Lord, I see, Father God, your children as your, your treasured, Lord God, your treasured children, Lord God, that the enemy has sought to destroy. Oh, Father, bring a revelation of your love. And that love is not earned, oh, Lord God. It just simply needs to be received. Lord, we need you today. We need you today, no matter what the problem is, no matter how, how devastating it may be. Come on. I'm not going to ask you any questions if there are things that are so deep and that are so real to you and they're so raw still today. Things that maybe you don't want to share at, mo at the moment. Just come, release those to God. Just give them to Him this morning. Our worship team is going to begin to worship. The congregation is going to begin to begin to praise Him right now. And as you are in this altar right now, just say, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving the way I came. I'm giving it to God. I'm giving it to God right now. Father, we 